Seahawks fans, wherever you may be. Welcome back for another edition of the Seahawks Playbook Podcast. Join your host, Bill Alpstead, and co-host, sports writer and football analyst, Keith Myers, as we talk Seahawks football. Hey, welcome into the show, Seahawks fans. I'm your host, Paul Offset, sitting down with co-host Keith Myers after a brutal loss at home in overtime. Walk-off run by Josh Jacobs, 86 yards in overtime to close it out. Seattle drops it, 40 to 34, and uh, Seattle falls to six and five. Keith, welcome into the show. I wish it was. I wish it was a yeah. different outcome, but here we are. Yeah, the Seahawks for the second straight game, um, they had a bye week in the middle, but for the second straight game just didn't have uh, the energy necessary, especially on defense. The defense uh, defensive line and offensive line got pushed around. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you can have all the talent you want on the outside, but if you can't win, you know, in the trenches, you're not going to win a lot of games. I thought the, you know, the team did a pretty good job to stay in this one and have a shot to win, but. Ultimately, you can't run the ball. You can't stop the run. You're going to struggle to win. And um, had it been against a better team, uh, it wouldn't have been close. Yeah, I agree. I mean, that's you called it right there, just in the trenches, uh, both on the offensive side. We couldn't get any push. Um, you know, Walker finished with 14 carries, 26 yards of 1.9 average. Nothing else on the ground whatsoever. Um Gino had an okay day stat-wise, if you look at it just uh, from a, from a num- numbers perspective, uh, but didn't get the job done uh, down the stretch, didn't uh, have the opportunities in overtime, um, and that's it. And that that's that's the difference. You know, that the, the uh, turnovers early in this game, I thought, could have been instrumental had Seattle been able to capitalize, uh, but they allowed... Uh, the Raiders to continue to score in this game. You know, you'd think uh, scoring 34 points would be enough, but it seemed like the defensive old showed up in this game, Keith. Um, mm-hmm. The defense in the first four or five weeks of the season was the defense we saw tonight, especially defending the run. Josh Jacobs was a monster. I got to hand it to him. Uh, one of the most impressive games I've seen from a running back. Had 303 total yards from scrimmage um including 33 rushes for 229 yards a couple touchdowns 74 yards receptions uh reception including the 86 yard run in overtime that was he didn't even get touched and at that point it looked like seattle just broke down completely didn't have enough energy to continue to to even even try on that last one yeah i mean um it was just the cx got um out physicaled and that's a problem. You can't, you know, you're not going to win a lot in this in this league if um, the other team is bigger and physical, more physical than you are. Including no pressure, you know, no pressure uh, on Carr. Oh, yeah. Carr finished 25 of uh, 36, 295 yards, three touchdowns. Did have a couple of interceptions. Andre Diggs, I thought, made an excellent play on the ball on that first interception. Uh, got the um, the batted uh, tip ball in the air on the second interception, um, but it just didn't matter. It just didn't matter. 
true story. It just didn't matter. <laughs> I thought Medcalf played well. Um, you know, if you look things in a, in a silo, I thought that he played well, uh, was unable to make that instrumental catch uh, down the stretch, uh, unfortunately. Um, you know, you took, <laughs> they, they looked at that play, how many minutes, Keith? Like seven or eight minutes. It was crazy. Um, yeah, but ultimately, weird. he did bobble the ball a little bit as he was coming down. Could have gone either way. Didn't go Seattle's way. Uh, we weren't able to convert. Lucas down the stretch had a couple of sacks come through him uh, with Max Crosby, which just, he just bowled around him and yeah. um, on, on a couple of things. And, you know, she didn't really have a chance to get the ball out, uh, which is unfortunate, but it's, it's uh, part of football, something that they can hopefully correct down the stretch. Lucas handled Crosby throughout most of the game. You just didn't hear Crosby's name called much, but then, you know, the last drive in, um, in the reg, you know, in the regulation and then the drive in overtime, um, both of them ended when Crosby just bulldozed his way through Lucas to, to get to Gino. I don't know if, um, you know, Lucas just, wore down and got tired or what but um well he was sick coming into this thing and kind of questionable yeah uh, i mean to start he had a good game until the end and i think at some point like it was good to see him out there um playing well for most of the game but he really um let the last two drives kind of get blown up uh by crosby there so let's talk about your last text to me yeah. You kind of caught me off guard a little bit with that one. <clears throat> I'm my last text to you at the game ended was does Seattle even make the playoffs now? Well, it wasn't exactly that. It was I don't I don't even think that they can make Did the playoffs I? now. Yeah. Something like that. And I was thinking, well, yeah. Not but... sure Seattle makes the playoffs. Yeah. Right. That's what it yeah, was. but but I <clears throat> but I didn't know really if that's I mean, there's still six games to play. Uh, Seattle wins four of those. We, we get to 10. Uh, I think that does it in the NFC I, as a seventh seed. Um, but maybe not. Maybe there's some tiebreakers out there. There's, there's some, there, you know, everyone's kind of close uh, in the pack right now in the NFC. There's three or four teams that aren't in the playoffs currently that could get in. Seattle lost this game. They're out of the seventh seed right now, outside mm -hmm. looking in. And that's the part where I, um, where I, where I said that because I I do think that the Panthers game is still a win, um, and I think they can get at least one of the two from the Rams, but that gets them to eight. Um, they need to get to ten. So to make the playoffs, you've got to beat the Rams twice and get the Jets win also. Uh, or upset the 49ers or Chiefs. Like you, the the path here is a lot narrower than it was a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. A couple of weeks ago, we were looking at this team, you know, two winnable games coming up against um, the Bucks and the Raiders. And then that puts them at eight with a bunch of games left. And, and the, the path was wide open. Um, they lose two games to mediocre teams and now you know that path is really narrow for them to get to the playoffs 
DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is my go-to when betting on the NFL this holiday season. They offer same-game parlays, easy and fast payouts, and player prop options. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. Check this out. Right now, everyone can earn up to 100% boost with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app, place a same-game parlay, and combine multiple bets like which team will win, player props, point totals, and more. The more legs you add, the bigger the boost, the bigger your shot to win big. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TPPN, place a $5 bet on any team to win their game, and get $150 in free bets if they do. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code TPPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Yeah, I mean, this was, should have been a win. I mean, you know, you take a look at it, it's at home against the Raiders. They're struggling. Uh, Seahawks come in, uh, having dropped one before the bye to the Buccaneers. Could have easily won that game. Now they're dropped two in a row. And all of a sudden, we're having question marks again about the defense, particularly, um, as far as uh, is it going to show up? Is it going yeah. to be able to stop the run? Um, I, I love the, the turnovers early. I thought that was, um, you know, a, a great indication of how this game was going to go. And it, and it just did not. Um, the, the, the trenches kind of failed us in this thing, uh, which is interesting to me. Uh, I think it's something we can fix in the offseason. I don't think there's anything we can do about it right now, midseason, as we head towards the stretch. These guys are just going to have to play better. Yeah, I mean, uh, there's there's not much they can do other than just get more out of the players that they've got. And this is, I mean, this is a group that was playing well before that Tampa game. They had won four straight, all um, by double digits. They were looking dominant. And um, then against Tampa, they could not get pressure on the quarterback. And in this game, they couldn't get pressure on the quarterback or stop the run. Just the front four went from playing really well to playing pretty poorly uh, in, you know, for these last two games. And that's been the difference. Which makes you question the, uh, the strength of the offensive lines that they were facing in the four previous games Were those, you know, pushover opponents. Let's look at it. They faced the the saints, the Cardinals, chargers, giants, Cardinals. Again, Um, they were able to get it done in those games. And all of a sudden Buccaneers, now the Raiders, Raiders have an okay offensive line, but it's not like it's it's special by yeah. any means. We just weren't same, getting it done. Same with Tampa. Their their offensive line's okay, but it's not great. Yeah. Um, yeah. And the defense just could not get pressure. They could not get any push up front. Um, it really what it looks like is this defense is so dependent on Nuasu to get pressure that teams are like, okay, if we chip him, if we double team him they've got nothing else. And it's certainly looking to be true that Nuasu is the only thing that Seattle's got going for them uh, in terms of a pass rush. And so they're, they're double, you know, double teaming him and it's shutting everything down. Yeah. And then against the run, like that, even the announcers were commenting on it. Usually um, you run up the middle, you double team a defensive tackle uh, in order to get, create a little bit of a hole and then one of the either the guard or center 
releases and moves up to the second level, they weren't even bothering to, to double team in this game. They were just telling, you know, they, the, the guard or the center to go straight to the second level and, and block Brooks. And that's why uh, they were able to get so many uh, yards rush, rushing the game. They just, if they're going to do that, if they're not going to double team a defensive tackle, um, your defensive tackle better hold his ground and, and, and win there. Um, and Seattle didn't. I mean, it yeah, just, I, I thought it was a clear step back for Seattle because, you know, uh, you, you throw that big long run at the end in with per Jacobs, they averaged 6.8 yards per carry. Uh, but, but nonetheless, he was averaging five yards a carry prior to that. Uh, yeah. And then on the other side of the ball, we weren't able to do anything on the offensive side, being able to get any push whatsoever to help Ken Walker create some space so that he could get past the line of scrimmage. Ken mm-hmm. only averaged 1.8 yards per carry key. Yeah. Um, I mean, and this is two, um, two weeks or two games in a row. He averaged 1.6 yards per carry or 1.7 yards per carry against uh, Tampa. And that's not a great defense. And then, um, I've got him at 1.9 yards per carry um, in this game against, again, not a good defense. Like the interior of Seattle's offensive line was just getting destroyed in this game. And it's a front, you know, the the two defensive tackles for the Raiders, they're not special, but they were just winning every down uh, against Seattle. And that's just not a good look. Yeah. Yeah, we ended the game with 65 yards rushing. That's with Gino uh, scampering a couple times. Um, and it was just anemic. It really was. It was, it, it was a situation where we needed some help, uh, A, to, to allow Seattle to convert on third downs a little bit more efficiently, but B, keep our defense off the field. Um, mm-hmm. we, needed, we needed those conversions. It just didn't happen. I'm trying to look at the time of possession. Yeah, found it. Uh, time of possession, Raiders had the ball 42 minutes and 14 seconds to Seattle's 27 minutes. Um, that's that's just not going to cut it, you know, and that's including overtime. Um, but, wow, it's it's crazy. When we were penalized, we had two penalties for 10 yards. They had seven penalties for 50 yards. Uh, we punted the ball four times. We allowed three sacks. Some of those were instrumental in stopping drives right at the end there, both in regulation and overtime. Um, fourth down efficiency, they were one for two. What did you think about the the play at the end, Keith, where we were on the Raiders 49-yard line and elected to punt with four minutes to go in overtime? Um, I mean, it's a Pete Carroll move. He's conservative that way. But honestly, as bad as the defense had been playing, uh it's fourth and five five yards not out of the question i would have gone for it i would have um liked to see the team go for it there because sure they punted they backed him up and what happened the first play uh, 85 yards are right up the middle uh the raiders were getting pretty much everything they wanted uh as far as the their offense it was really tough going for seattle's defense so to try and pin them back and ask the defense to hold. I don't know if that's a great call. And so I probably would have gone for it. I would like to see the team go for it. At the same time, it's not like Seattle's offense was doing anything at that point. The last two possessions, um, they'd done nothing with the ball. And um, you and I are having this conversation via text, but they did give the ball to Gino with a chance to go win the game twice. 
one at the end of regulation and one in overtime. All they needed was a field goal on either of those two, and they win this game. And in both times, it's like three and out. They could not do anything. Um, I get one of those. All... One of those plays came on the Metcalf call, uh, where it was ruled uh, an incomplete pass instead of a reception. That would have been a first down and given yeah, you know but, three more downs to. But it was not a good only throw. go like the, the twenty yards for a field was, goal attempt. The reason why it was in question and eventually ruled incomplete was because he threw it at the ground and made um Metcalf dive for it give give your guy a chance to make a catch um and he didn't now I get that you know he's not going it's not it's not on him to block Crosby and Crosby you know um those sacks were brutal those those sacks sacks were were not on Gino no they weren't but I would like to have seen him get the ball out of his hand a little faster but uh ultimately he got he had two chances to go win the game and failed to get a first down in either of them. So he's 0-2 in those opportunities uh, this year so far. Mm-hmm. Um, plus the overtime thing. You know, that's that's tough. I yeah. I, I think I would have gone for it. Uh, I, I'm with you there. I think that fourth and five with four minutes, I think that four minutes and 31 seconds to go in overtime as our defense was not playing well, and they were tired they were gassed they were having to defend the run all at this point since it's the second possession in overtime all the raiders needed to do was was go down i think that's what pete was thinking um to get to get a field goal um so he was going to try to flip the field on him a little bit sometimes that works sometimes it doesn't Um, well yeah because if you, you you if you if you go for it and you don't get it you're giving them the ball essentially at midfield yeah they need and, to pick you know, up 20 yards or less to, to go for a field goal opportunity. Which is all Seattle had to do there at the end and couldn't Correct. do it. Correct. So. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's 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 a tough deal. Um, you know, Pete's always uh, gone for the situation where he's given his defense the opportunity to come up big. And, and in the last few years, over and over again, it hasn't. Because he um, hasn't had a, he hasn't had the great when he yeah. had a great defense. Yes, it worked. But all he the still time. makes the same choice. He makes the choices as if he has a great defense. Yes, and he doesn't. Now, for a month there, we thought this defense had turned it around and had become yes. a good defense. But clearly, today they were not a good defense in any way. That was that was a very poor performance overall. Yeah, it does. It does make me want to lean even harder into the draft and free agency this next year on the defensive side of the ball for sure. I mean, yeah. a monster <laughs> defensive tackle mm-hmm. and, and another penetrating um, uh, tackle and, and a edge rusher are needed, or or you know another linebacker um, would be nice. So I, w- I was just reading to uh, know that Ryan Neal went out, looked like it was kind of painful for him laying on the ground there ended up going into the tent um there's conflicting reports john boyle reports it's an elbow injury doesn't know the severity greg bell reports that it's a shoulder injury and doesn't know the severity yep so we'll get <clears> some <throat> clarity on that soon and enough. and as of right now the seahawks hold the fourth overall pick in the draft because the broncos lost and looked terrible doing it yeah. um yeah, losing did. to a losing to a bad panthers team by a lot if you watched any part of that game, Wilson has lost the team. Mm-hmm. 
line and so forth. Yeah. Um, it's bad. It's bad there. Um, Hackett needs to be fired and needs to be fired right away. Um, because the coaching staff has lost the team, but it's also kind of clear that Wilson has lost the team. He had guys yelling at him. Yeah. Uh, and that's, that's a bad look for him too. I, I, I hate to see it. I love the guy. Um, it helps yep, that he, same. it helps that his team keeps losing, but this isn't how I wanted to see that team lose. So yeah. And, and you and I texted, I was like, uh, I love the draft picks. I hate the, um, you know, what's going on with, with mm-hmm. the person, uh, because, you know, he gave a lot to the city and, and the team for a lot of years. And, um, I hate to see a guy go through that, but he's going through it and it is something and, uh, it's helpful. It's probably the best news, uh, for the day for the Seahawks, uh, to get, to get, a, uh, that, you know, it looks like they're only going to win one or two more games if, um, which would clearly put them into the top five drop picks mm-hmm. overall and could even end up being, you know, close to the second pick overall by the time this is all said and done, if they continue to lose. Yeah, this, the Seahawks could actually help their draft status by losing to the Rams because um, that would push the Rams up in front of Denver as well and give Seattle the third pick. Um, not that they want to do that because a loss to the Rams probably knocks them out of the playoffs. So, Well, I'm going to wait and see. I'm still banking on 10 wins. I'm counting 10 wins. But anytime you lose in your division, that's not a good thing. I agree with that. But, you know, if you lose to the Rams – You've got to go down and you've got to beat the Kansas beat City Chiefs Francisco. later. And, yeah, and either, for sure. Yeah. <clears throat> if you ever, um, any loss that's not to San Francisco or the Chiefs means you have to then turn around and beat San Francisco or the Chiefs. Six um, remaining games in. are Seahawks at Rams, Panthers at Seahawks, 49ers at Seahawks, Seahawks at Chiefs, Jets at Seahawks, Rams at Seahawks. The good news is we've got five at home and one away. Right? No. No. Two away. Four, two away. Yeah. Four at home. Ram, Rams and um, Chiefs are the two road games away. Yeah. But yeah. yeah so I, if like, we win the home games need... and we drop the away games, we get to 10 wins, Keith, and 10 yeah. wins, 10 and 7 in the NFC, depending on how the wild, how the, how the, the tiebreakers break. Uh, mm-hmm. See how that could put them in. But you know what? We're sitting here. We were at six and four before we, today. Now we're at six and five. We were in control of our own destiny. Now we're not. Now yeah. we're depending on other teams to lose. We're in that sort of scenario. And anytime you do that, who knows what's going to happen? So this team was six and three, and you and I were talking about eleven or twelve wins. They're now six and five, and I'm. We're struggling to get to see them get to ten and get into the playoffs. So what are we dealing with here, Keith? Are we dealing with a team that is underperforming or are we dealing with what the reality is? Is that we are a close to 500 team and depending on the way the ball bounces, give or take the opponent, um, we may win a a few more than we lose, but um, we're still a, a mediocre team. I think what we're looking at is this is a team that's better than we thought they were coming in which we thought they were going to be bad and be five wins and a you know, top five pick. Um, but they're not as good as we thought three weeks ago at the end of that four game winning streak. Um, they're a little closer to what we thought. Like, I think we changed our expectations 
as but, we should have. But maybe we reset those expectations too high, and that's why they're going to fail to meet the expectations after we raised the bar on them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, you know, it is interesting because you you do they played well enough to where expectations needed to be raised. And if they're not going to meet those, that I think that that's on them at this point, they, they played to an expectation know. level and you know, it's hard to win in the NFL and they were winning and they were winning convincingly. And it, that's really hard to do double digit wins in the NFL are very hard to come by. I don't care who the opponent is. And, um, and they were doing that four wins in a row like that. So, yeah, I mean, expectations were going to go up. And to have them not met in these last couple of games is difficult. And it does make you question, I think, specifically what's going on with the defense these last couple of weeks. Because according to Pete Carroll and, and everyone else, this team is healthy. Uh, these guys should have been at, at tip-top performance, had a week off. Uh, you come back, you're hungry, you're looking down the stretch, you're in control. And then to do something like this is, is difficult. Now, granted uh vegas came in and played a heck of a game i thought um yeah, they, they did they, they wanted it they played well in the trenches josh jacobs had a monster game Derek Carr did just enough he overcame those two turnovers early and didn't let it affect him and he they, they played well enough to win so any anything else man no um i just want to i want to flush this game i want to um not think about it anymore. Let's come back and, and get ready for the next one because uh, the season is kind of in the balance at this point and they better win. They better win the next one. Yeah. Um, yeah. Or. Yeah. It'll be really interesting to, to hear what they say in the press conference. You know, I'm sure we're, we're going to hear, we didn't get it done. We didn't get it done in the trenches. You know, I, you know, individual players will say, I need to step up. We need to do better, blah, 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 blah. But at the end of the day, you know, Gino didn't get get it done when he needed to lead the team. Um, DK Metcalf just didn't quite get that catch. Uh, Ken Walker just didn't do enough to try to um, to capitalize on any room that he did have. Uh, the offensive line, you know, I think let the team down uh, down the stretch, mm -hmm. and the defensive Especially line as well the, got just overwhelmed. Yeah, the the interior of Seattle's offensive line, we knew. Like they, it's been, it's been the weakness on offense all year yeah, and it, it was really, really showed up. It really showed up today. It's bad. And uh, that's, that's something that Seattle has to fix in the off season. They cannot yeah. um, just kick that, that particular can down the road again. They've got to go out and get a center who can, who actually isn't just smart, but can also yeah. Meet, meet the demands physically and they've got to go upgrade right uh right guard um or it is games left guard and move and move lewis back over but because between the three of those guys there it was not pretty up front yeah. i think you know going circling back to and and then we'll get out of here but circling back to what we talked about at the beginning of the year was identifying players that you want to continue forward and identifying players that they're, they're not going to be with you um, mm -hmm. And these types of games, where while they're hard uh, to go through, better define what your team needs are going forward. And it, yeah. it's games like these that really do pinpoint the idea that we need an upgrade at center. 
Austin Blythe's a great guy. He makes the great line calls. The continuity is there, but the level of play needs to come up. It looks like Jackson over at right guard has has peaked as his he's play re- level. He's regressed. He's and, regressed. And, and he's not even a replacement level at this point. And so we need to, and, and we could do that internally. I think Haynes needs to start, you know, or, or Kerhan. Uh, needs an opportunity we need to be able to allow ken walker to have an opportunity and so i would be in favor of kerhan out there just for the run blocking and see if he can uh, do okay in pass blocking um yeah i'd be all for i'd be all for making that change um getting uh kerhan in there at right guard we've seen it um it was ugly for a few snaps when he was there uh, in one game but then he turned it around and really became the road grader we know he is um, and um, had a couple of really good series, but then, you know, back to the bench because people got healthy. Um, I'd love to see him come in, just give him that job, put him there next to the rookie and let the two of them just open some holes because right now the running game is dead. Two straight games. It's been dead and they got to do something different. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. And um, you know, on the other side, we need to invest in the trenches. I think mm-hmm. that's pretty clear. I think both, you know, we did a mock draft uh, last week and both of us uh, had clear indications that we wanted to do, be able to do that. And I think that this sort of game shows us that that is exactly what we need to be doing. Uh, we need to get some internal uh, penetration uh, to get to the quarterback. And we also need some run stuffing guys in there to be able to rotate because those guys mm-hmm. just got worn out at the end there. Anyway, plenty of time in the offseason talk about all that stuff so all right let's get out of here you can find keith on twitter at myers nfl you can find me at nwc hawk you know where the show is at but make sure you hit that subscribe button if you're watching or listening and then share it if you like it so until next time go hawks Hawks. seahawks playbook podcast listeners thanks for joining us for another edition of the show you can find us on twitter bill is at nwc hawk Keith is at Myers NFL, and the show is at Hawks Playbook. You can listen and subscribe to the show at SeahawksPlaybook.com.